we have been talking about uh, praying first. And the series uh, scripture uh, started in 1 Thessalonians. Now we've moved to second, uh, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul says, pray on all occasions with every kind of prayer. And all occasions is simply an echoing of pray first, whatever situation you're in. So before uh, cereal, before I turn the key of the car, before the game, um, before I turn on the TV, before uh, I go to bed, before in every situation, I'm going to pray first. And then Paul says, with every kind of prayer. And so the last few weeks we've been exploring you mean there's more one than one way to pray? And the answer is absolutely. There's lots of ways to pray. And so we've been exploring some of those ways. And today, we're going to stumble upon a specific prayer that I think we can pray with great effect. Um, I'm going to need to take you to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles, if you've ever been on a reading program through the Old Testament, you will know that once you get to 1 Chronicles, you kind of bog down a little bit. Because the first nine chapters are nothing but the official family tree of the 12 tribes of Israel. That means there's nothing but names. There's actually 500 or more names in the first nine chapters. Some of them are unpronounceable to us. Most are unfamiliar to us. As a matter of fact, when some of those reading plans come to First Chronicles, they will just say, eh, skip it. And I'm, <laughs> I don't blame them, right? These, these are chapters you really don't read, but in the middle of the name, and so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and he was the son of, he, knew, he was the son of, and the father of. In the chapter 4, in the middle of all that, we come to a story. It's only two verses long, and it goes this way. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. There's a guy named Jabez, and for some reason he gets a mention. It's not just a mention, it's an honorable mention. He was an honorable man. Something caused the writer of First Chronicles to say, wait a minute, we got to pause this list of 500 names. You got to know about this guy. And here's the story in two verses. This is what we can piece together. First, things went really wrong in his life. Number two, he started to pray an unusual one-sentence prayer. And then number three, things ended amazingly well. So let's start at the beginning. Things went wrong. How do, how do we know that from two verses? Well, if we piece this together, Jabez lived after Israelites moved into Canaan. They came out of the wilderness. God gave them the promised land, the holy land of Israel, but they, there were people there. And so God said, you got to go take the land. And, and this was probably during the time of the judges that they were moving into Canaan. And so Jabez was from the tribe of Judah. He was more than likely the head of a clan. That's why his name was listed in the first place. But the real story is his name. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. If we read that literally, it means that he causes or he will cause pain. And so the very word Jabez 
leads us to think of pain. Something happened at his birth so much beyond the normal pain of childbirth that his mother intentionally chose to put the label of pain on his life. And so, right away, we have a boy named Sue situation going on. For those of you who are a little younger, that's Johnny Cash. You might look it up. It's really cool. Okay. Names are powerful things. They, they can determine the future for people. Uh, I remember as a kid, I grew up in Fort Scott here, and uh, I remember going to the dentist as a kid. And some of you who, uh, uh, you know, have a lot more gray in your hair than me might remember the dentist that I am referring to because he had a name that you couldn't forget, especially if you needed a dentist. The dentist I went to was Dr. Payne. Yeah, that name should automatically disqualify you from dental school. People are afraid of dentists anyway, but Dr. Payne? And having to go to Dr. Payne as a kid, that's just not fair, right? We don't want anything to do with pain. But Jabez is connected to it every minute of every day. Pain was who he was. Pain was his identity. Pain was all anyone thought of when they saw him. And you, you probably don't wear a name like Dr. Payne, uh, but I'm reasonably certain that you have worn the name Payne at some point. Maybe the action of somebody else put that label of pain on you. Maybe it was your own doing, but something painful happened in your life, and now maybe that pain has even gotten to the point where it defines you as you move through life. It runs the show. Painful things happen, and suddenly now, the name I wear is divorce. The name I wear is bankruptcy. The name I wear is addiction or loneliness or depression or anxiety or fear. And sometimes we're just stuck with those painful names. Sometimes it's because we have a family legacy that's been handed to us that we really can't do anything about, but it's nothing but a liability. We, and we've let that label determine who we are. And if we're in that boat, Jabez gets that because he is pain. His name was pain. And here's the next part of the story. Here's what he did. He cried out to God. Pain cried out to God. Here's a guy named Pain who starts crying out to God. Now, a little poll here. I'll, t- I'll take an inventory. What is the logical thing that a guy named Pain would cry out to God for? What do you think? Answer that in your heads. Here's the answer. He would cry out about his pain, Right? Obviously, he's going to cry out about his pain. Prayer for most of us is about telling God our pain, our past, our problems. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. God is the God of comfort. He's the God of peace. We should cry out to him about those things. But Jabez doesn't do that. And maybe what a guy named Pain teaches us is that there's something we can pray for that is better than just complaining to God about our pain. And here's what pain cries out to God about, his promises, his character. I know who you are, God. That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to focus on what's happened to me or where I've been, but who you are. Because I understand that prayer isn't about God moving towards me. Prayer is about me moving toward God. And Jabez focuses on four characteristics of God in his prayer. The first is this, God, you are the blesser. I know you're the blesser. And so he says, 
Would you bless me? Bless me indeed. That's supposed to have exclamation points after it or, or all the emojis, right? 100%, 100%, 100%. Bless me in our culture, in our modern day vernacular, has been watered down, mainly because we sneeze a lot. We sneeze and somebody says, bless you. Yes, bless you. <laughs> bless has become a way to say, have a nice day. But, but that's not it biblically. Bless in the Bible means to ask for or to, to have God impart spiritual favor. Bless is the Hebrew word barak. You got to get the phlegm back there going. And it means, would God's greatness stoop, stoop down into my life? So that something that he has might drop into my life that I couldn't get otherwise. And so we ask that God would take all of the things available to him, all the resources, and God, would you stoop down and would you deposit those into my life? Give me what I need that I don't have that only you can give. And note this, that Jabez really leaves it up to God to decide what those blessings will be and where they will be given and when they will be given and how they will be given, how he might receive them. And the important thing here is that asking for God's blessing is not merely about material things. It's not about financial blessing. It may include that, but it is way bigger than that. Materialism is so short-sighted. I can prove that by um, those of us who are in the room that have been down the path for a, a little bit, um, we can look back where we started and we remember some of the prayers that we used to pray. And we cringe. Why do we cringe? Because we know that if those prayers had been answered, it would have meant disaster for us. But God knew better. Sometimes when God says no, that's a huge blessing because only he can see around the corners. We can't. And so when we're asking, God, bless me, bless me indeed, we're we're probably not asking for a hundred Bitcoin or even one. I don't think anybody would turn down even one right now, right? Or we're not asking for a vacation home necessarily. We're not asking for a super yacht. What bless me indeed is a prayer asking for nothing more and nothing less than what God wants for us. Bless me indeed, Lord. Give me what I would give me if I knew everything that you now know. Because you know how my life will play out. I don't. You know what will be to my benefit. I don't. Bless me with whatever is is best. And, And when we ask for blessing in the right frame, it's not a selfish prayer at all. The other thing that we need to understand about blessing is the reason why we're blessed. We, we ask for blessing, not just so that we have more, but so that we can bless other people with the more that we have. God comes to Abraham and says, I will bless you. I will make your name great so that, here's the reason, so that you will be a blessing. The, the reason God will answer the prayer, bless me God, is so that you can be a blessing for others. And so we don't just pray for our needs, we pray for actually more than we need so that we can be a blessing to the world around us. God wants people not just to give to, but to give through 
God pours into pipes, not into pails. God wants His gifts to be directed, not just collected. And so we pray, bless me indeed. Now, when God answers that prayer, Jabez knew that he would need wisdom to, about what to do with all of those blessings that he received. And so, he prayed this, I know God, number two, you're the giver. You're the giver. And so, would you enlarge my border or territory, depending on what version you are reading from. Jabez understood that for God to give him more, he needed a plan for what to do with the more that he would get. And so, his plan was, expand my territory, God. And you would need to understand a little background out of that sentence. Jabez was the head of a clan during the conquest of Canaan. We talked about that earlier. And he knew that God had said to the people of Israel, there is still much land to be possessed. And so, The land that God had set apart for His people is still up for grabs, and Jabez is praying for some of that land. I know that you want to give it to us, God. Would you you take every acre that you want to claim, and would it be one for you? Now, thousands of years later, we're not conquering a territory, are we? And yet, in following Jesus, we have much the same directive, because spiritually speaking, we are. Absolutely, trying to conquer, conquer territory. So whatever our gifts, whatever our education, whatever our vocation, station in life, if we follow Jesus, our directive is to do God's work on the earth so that His kingdom ex- can, expands continually and grows so that more and more territory gets claimed for Jesus. That's the point. And we call that by different names. We call it uh, living your faith or walking the talk or living out the gospel. Some, some of us just call it ministry, right? No matter what the label is, God is looking for people who want to do more of it. And so the prayer Jabez prayed is, God, if I have more, I can do more. I know that's true just in my home. I know I can do more with an impact drill than with a screwdriver. It just happens that way. And so that's the prayer. That's the idea. God is after people who will take the more that He wants to give and do more with it for Him. Take more territory for Jesus. And the territory we're trying to claim and lay hold of is the hearts of people. And so this line of prayer tells us to pray for influence. God, expand my influence. Take me to places Put me in front of people that are bigger than me. Give me more ministry to do so that I can influence more people for you and so that your kingdom can constantly expand. Now, when God gives you influence that's bigger than you, you're going to be in places that seem way over your, you're out of bounds. You're in over your head. And so Jabez knew that. And the third thing he prayed was this, God, you are the presence You are my presence, and so let your hand be with me. All of this territory and expanding your kingdom, what you're asking is something that I know is too big for me to do on my own, and I need you to be with me. I cannot do this without you, and so let your hand be with me. We get a better sense of the kind of prayer that he was praying when we look in Exodus chapter 33, because Moses prayed a prayer that was very similar He's on the mountain with God. He realizes this impossible task that he has before him of leading God's people, Israel, the Israelites, out of, you know, they've just come out of Egypt and now he's in charge. And he says, if your presence will not go with me, God, do not bring us up from here. 
In other words, if you don't go with us, we're done. I need your hand or I'm going to be eaten up by this task. And so God's hand is figurative language for his power and his presence. And so the prayer here is for God's presence. I cannot do this alone, God. I need you with me. And as a church, we have to pray that prayer. We are tasked with going out and changing hearts and lives so that they're lived for Christ. That's an impossible task. I can't do that. I can't change a heart. I can't instill belief into somebody else, and neither can you. We need God to do that. The early church knew that. They're in the same boat. And here's what it says of the early church. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Why will we be successful here at Community Christian Church? It's not because we're a great church. It will be because we have a great God whose hand is is with us. And so we pray a prayer of presence. God, may your presence go with me. May I never be in a place where you are not there. And here's the truth. If you don't ask God into it, it will only be as good as you can make it. And for some of us, honesty time, that's not very good. We know that. So Lord, be with me because what you've called me to is too big. And if you're this far in the prayer, you also know that all of hell is going to come against you. And Jabez knew that. And so here's the final thing he prayed. God, you're the protector. And so keep me from harm. Keep me from evil. Jabez gives the reason for this line. He says, God, I, I know if I will focus on all of those truths, all of those promises that I just laid out, that you're the blesser, that you've given me a mission, that you've given me a purpose, that you're always with me. I know if I focus on that, then I will be able to steer clear of pain being the thing that defines my life. And so this was a prayer of protection. Let me take a big stab here that if you have joined with us in 14 days of uh, prayer so far every day, and maybe especially if you hadn't been real consistent in your prayer life before, here's what I'm going to guess, that the last two weeks haven't gone too well for you. That's a big possibility. And I think for a lot of us, that's absolutely the case. Why is that? Well, it's because we're expanding God's territory, aren't we? When we ask Him to be in, involved in everything, we're, tr we're expanding His territory. And when we expand His territory, guess whose territory we're encroaching upon? The enemy, Satan. 1 Peter 5 says, Satan is like a lion laying down in cover. You can't see him, but he wants to pounce and devour. And somebody said this of Satan, if you're not butting heads against him, you might be walking with him. And when you commit yourself to 14 days of prayer, and when you call a group of people to do the same, guess what that's doing? That's butting heads with Satan. It's poking the sleeping lion awake. And you can count on, if you're praying, that the enemy is going to be responsive. He will try to stop at nothing to pull us away from God and what God has for us in Jesus. And so, so what do we do? Well, here's, here's what we could do. We could say, God, help me fight. God, give me strength. Help me to endure Satan's evil attacks. And those aren't bad prayers at all. And sometimes we need those prayers. But that's not what Jabez prayed. He said, keep me from harm. Keep me from evil. And that's the same thing Jesus prayed. 
It's an amazing thing. When you look into the model prayer that we've been talking about, the Lord's Prayer, nearly a quarter of Jesus' words in that prayer focus on deliverance. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He's not asking for special power or an ability to withstand confrontation. No, Jesus himself is saying, God, would you just keep me from it? Keep me from evil. And here's what Jesus and Jabez knew that we would do well to learn. Without temptation, we don't sin. Lord, keep me from temptation, because that's what causes sin. Take it out of the path that I'm walking on. And so we pray for protection from evil. There was one man who was having a very bad, horrible day. He was a Christian, and he, his, his horrible day culminated in him sitting in the middle seat on his flight home. And he was tired, he was spent, and he just prayed this part of the Jabez prayer. He said, God, keep, me evil, keep evil far from me today. And he sat down in his seat, and to his shock, he turned to his left, and he saw the man on his left pull out a magazine that was, let's just say, way over the line, okay? And the guy said, really, God, in his brain? Like, I just prayed this prayer. This is, this is who I sit by? And then he looked to his right, and the person on his right also pulled out some seriously questionable reading material, the, the kind that doesn't have so much reading, And he said, really, God, are you kidding? And he just closed his eyes. He said, it's been a horrible day, God. I can't do this temptation right now. Would you just take it from me? Would you chase the evil away? And suddenly, the man on his left swore and closed up his magazine and put it away. Well, that's weird. I I don't know. He couldn't figure out anything that prompted that. Just as suddenly, the guy on his right swore up and down very loudly this time and shut his magazine and put it away. And again, he couldn't figure out anything that had prompted this, and there's no discussion going on. And so he just started laughing out loud that God had answered his prayers, and both men asked him what was so funny. He said, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Maybe the most effective prayer in a war against sin is to pray that we won't have to fight. It won't always work out that way. Sometimes Satan will pounce, and in those times, we stand confidently on the truth of the gospel of Jesus. And Paul echoes it. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? The answer is no one, not even our greatest enemy. We know God is for us because he proved it on the cross. On the cross, Jesus took everything that the enemy Satan threw at him, all of our sin, And he took it on himself and he paid for it. So now there is nothing that Satan can do. Really nothing. He has been disarmed. He has been defanged. And with that truth, we say, Lord, keep us from evil. Protect us from every attack of the enemy with the truth that Jesus has already won. And that's the prayer of Jabez. God bless me. God Give me more influence for you. God, be with me. God, protect me. And because Jabez prayed this prayer, here's the third part of the story. Things ended extremely well. The end of the two-verse story is, and God granted what he asked. Jabez is a virtual nobody in the landscape of Scripture. And yet, 
he gets this two-verse bibliography of his life. Let me ask you this. If you only get two sentences when you're gone, if somebody comes up on the stage and they do your eulogy and they're only offered two sentences, what would you want them to be? If there's something close to this, you would be a blessed person. By these words, Jabez becomes a man remembered not for what he did, but for what he prayed. And God says, time out. Time out on the list of names. This is worth noting. This is the kind of prayer I'm after. And so it at least becomes for us a pattern that we can pray. But maybe it's even a greater prayer to use word for word. And so would you let me, as we close today, just pray this prayer for us as a church, as a congregation. Pray with me. God, you are the gracious blesser. And so we ask you to bless our church family. We ask you to bless marriages, to bless parents and their children, to bless our health, our emotions. Would you stoop down and put into every person taking part today your resources and your ideas and your dreams? Would you bestow on us the good gifts that we don't know of yet and can't see yet because you have more for us. You are the fountain of grace and so let it flow over us more than we need. We don't, we don't just ask it for us, but we ask it for others. We want to live your command to be a blessing to others. So bless us so that we can bless them. And God is the giver. Make us influencers. You have something more for every person in this room. Every one, is, one of us has something in our life that will impact the life of another. And so move each one of us to bigger and bigger arenas so that we can impact more and more people with the mercy and grace of Jesus. Give us a bigger life so that more people can have life. And God, as we go and influence, don't let us go anywhere that you aren't. Be present. Don't send us anywhere unless you go with us. With you, we have all that we need. Without you, we are never not in need. And our best is not nearly good enough, so we need your presence. Lord, it's the only way we can do what you've asked us to do. Go with us. And finally, God, we have an enemy. That's on the prowl that wants to attack. When we feel cornered, when we feel defeated or bruised, would you redirect us to the truth that we have your name, your authority, your word, your promises, your potential, your power. You are the protector. Let us walk knowing that the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world prowling about and attacking. Let us, no matter our circumstances, walk in victory today. Because you are on our side. And it's in the name of Jesus who took the pain on the cross so that we wouldn't have to be branded with it. It's in the name of Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. I'd like you to stand. Um, Jabez is remembered for a prayer. And if he's remembered for a prayer, it's absolutely the case that he didn't pray it just once. He prayed it day after day after day after day after day. And that's what he was remembered for. If there's a prayer that you pray every day, what is it? What is that prayer that you would be remembered for if there was one prayer that you pray most often? Maybe it could be as simple as this. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Today, Lord, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. 
And maybe you've never prayed that prayer before. We would love to walk you through what it means to make Jesus Lord of your life today so that you can know this great God who blesses us with everything. As we sing, if you have that decision that you want to make, you come and talk.